Oh, uh, incredible, folks. Incredible. When I activated the stream time, I'm going to see if uh, it should be active now. Uh, let me go in the chat room and see if people can hear us. Oh, uh, give me give me some sound, Dan. Hey, uh, testing okay. one, two, three. Okay, it's picking up your uh, vocal, and I think I just figured out a way to fix the problem live. So let me go in the chat room and make sure everybody can hear you. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I'll just uh, tell people we're going to be accessing this particular um, article on Leviticus 27, the meaning of Leviticus 27, and because uh, it's a, uh, it's not easy. Uh, what is this all about? You know, wh- why is a, uh, a a man slave worth more than a female slave? At least a female slave can cook, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Or, or a man slave can barbecue. So uh, let me get in the chat room real quick. And we'll see if this, uh, if people are able to hear you. That would be awesome if they could. But I, th- I think in the process of, uh, all right. So here we are. We're back. Let me get the. Uh, we are back. I hope. <laughs> but my uh, my broadcaster is saying that you are uh, being picked up. Okay, so uh, go ahead, Dan, and uh, yeah. Everyone hear me? Uh, the, I haven't gotten a response yet from people in the chat room. So, um, but uh, it's uh, definitely your voice is being picked up by butt, so that's a good thing. Okay, so yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, do you want me to start reading the article? Yes. Again? Okay. Uh, we're in Leviticus chapter 27, verses 1 through 18 concerning vows. When a man shall make a singular vow, persons have at all times and in all places been accustomed to present to present votive offerings, either from gratitude for benefits received or in the event of deliverance from apprehended evil. And Moses was empowered by divine authority to prescribe the conditions of this voluntary duty. The person shall be for the Lord better rendered thus. According to thy estimation, the person shall be for the Lord. Persons might consecrate themselves or their children to the divine service in some inferior or servile kind of work about the sanctuary. First Samuel chapter three, verse one. In the event of any change, the persons so devoted had the privilege in their power of redeeming themselves. And this chapter specifies the amount of the redemption money, which the priest had the discretionary power of reducing as circumstances might seem to require. Okay, so this is very interesting. So uh, the uh, the vote, uh, votive, votee, <laughs> what's the, the votive person is uh, offering some sort of, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of like in a Catholic church where you go and drop a quarter into the, <laughs> into the uh, shekel container and uh, light a candle, right? Uh, apparently that's where this is coming from. Uh, I had never realized that, that that this is this chapter is about that, but uh, but it's at the discretion of a priest. What uh, I guess if you're offering a a, a voluntary penalty for sin, uh, and then the priest said, well, "Okay, well, what did you do?" 
<laughs> I lusted after my neighbor's wife. Oh, that's horrible. 30 shekels. Okay. Something like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, please continue. All right. So, okay. but, but it says voluntary duty, which is kind of like a contradiction in terms, right? It's either voluntary or it's a duty, right? So is yeah. it saying that you pay for your sins? I mean, is that what this is? is yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're paying, uh, for, uh, you're making a free will offering to the temple, to the priesthood, uh, in, uh, to, uh, redeem your sins. Okay, that's apparently what's really going on here. So, in other words, a charitable act will cover your sin. Okay, so obviously okay. this can only be for minor sins. It can't be for murder, <laughs> right? Things like that. Okay, all right. Okay, back to you. Oh, okay. Those of mature age, between 20 and 60, being capable of the greatest service, were rated highest. Young people from 5 till 20, less because not so serviceable. Infants, though devotable by their parents before birth, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, could not be offered nor redeemed till a month after birth. Old people were valued below the young, but above children and the poor, in no case freed from payment in order to prevent the rash formation of vows, were rated, were rated according to their means. <clears throat> Verses 9 through 13. If it be a beast whereof men bring an offering unto the Lord, a clean beast, after it had been vowed, it could neither be employed in common purposes nor exchanged for an equivalent. It must be sacrificed, or if, through some discovered blemish, it was unsuitable for the altar, it might be sold, and the money applied for the, second, uh, for the sacred service, such as an ass or camel, for instance, had been vowed, it was to be appropriated to the use of the priest at the estimated value. Or it might be redeemed by the person vowing on payment of that value and the additional fine of a fifth more. 15, uh, verses 14 and 15. When a man shall sanctify his house to be holy unto the Lord. In this case, the house having been valued by the priest and sold, the proceeds of the sale were to be dedicated to the sanctuary. But if the owner wished, on second thought, to redeem it, he might have it by adding a fifth part to the price. If a man, uh, verses 16 through 24, if a man shall sanctify unto the Lord some a part, some or a part, I guess, of a field of his possession. In the case of acquired property and land, if not redeemed, it returned to the donor at the Jubilee. Whereas... Hmm part of a hereditary estate which had been vowed did not revert to the owner but remained attached in, per in perpetuity to the sanctuary. The reason for this remarkable difference was to lay every man under an obligation to redeem the property or stimulate his nearest kinsman to do it in order to prevent a patrimonial inheritance going out from any family in Israel. Verses 26 and 27, only the firstlings of the beasts. These, in the case of clean beasts, being consecrated to God by a universal and standing law. Exodus chapter 13, verse 12, and chapter 34, verse 19, could not be devoted, and in that of unclean beasts, were subject to the rule mentioned. Leviticus chapter 27, verses 11 and 12. Oh, 
Okay, so we can see that redemption of property among the Israelites is a, a highly important uh, you know, societal uh, rule. Okay, and so people, and so we are uh, we are expected to, you know, if if we have a uh, poor relative, for example, who can't afford to make payments, <laughs> right, on the property and is about to lose it. Uh, we sh- uh, somebody of uh, some Israelite ought to be able to help that person, and uh, you know, and the the jubilee rule still applies. So all of these rules of uh, uh, how Israelites are supposed to help each other and redeem redeem each other's property, uh, so that we keep the property and the heathen don't get it. Right? I think that's the basic reason for all this. Is uh, very important. And that's what this uh, chapter here is about. So let's go into Leviticus 27. I'll open up my e-sort, and we'll read the verses. Okay, so now we have a pretty clear understanding of what this chapter is about, which I didn't have when I read through it earlier this morning. Okay, back to you, Dan. Okay, Leviticus chapter 27. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel. And say unto them, when a man shall make a singular vow, the person shall be for Yahweh by thy estimation. And thy estimation shall be of the male from 20 years old, even unto 60 years old. Even thy estimation shall be 50 shekels of silver after the shekel of the sanctuary. And if it be a female, then thy estimation shall be 30 shekels. And if it be from five years old, even unto 20 years old, then thy estimation shall be of the male twenty shekels, and for the female ten shekels. And if it be from a month old even unto five years old, then thy estimation shall be of the male five shekels of silver, and for the female thy estimation shall be three shekels of silver. And if it be from sixty years old and above, if it be a male, then thy estimation shall be fifteen shekels, and for the female ten shekels. But if he be poorer than thy estimation, then he shall present himself before the priest, and the priest shall value him according to his ability that vowed shall the priest value him. And if it be a beast whereof man bring an offering unto Yahweh, all that any man giveth of such unto Yahweh shall be holy. He shall not alter it, nor change it, a good for a bad, or a bad for a good. And if if he shall at all change beast for beast, then it and the exchange thereof shall be holy. And if it be any unclean beast of which they do not offer a sacrifice unto Yahweh, then he shall present the beast before the priest. And the priest shall value it, whether it be good or bad. As thou valuest it, who art the priest, so shall it be. But if he will at all redeem it, then he shall add a fifth part thereof unto thy estimation. And when a man shall sanctify his house to be holy unto Yahweh, then the priest shall estimate it, whether it be good or bad. As the priest shall estimate it, so shall it stand. So is your house worth anything? (laughs) Okay, even if it isn't, the land ought to be worth something. So you want to keep the land in the family. All right. So, but so this is all about redeeming things, redeeming property, and it starts out by redeeming individuals uh, for uh, apparently for past sins. It's not clear what you know what the redemptions uh, are all about, but uh, please continue. Verse fifteen, 
And if he that sanctified it will redeem his house, then he shall add the fifth part of the money of thy estimation unto it, and it shall be his. And if a man shall sanctify unto Yahweh some part of a field of his possession, then thy estimation shall be according to the seed thereof. An homer of barley seed shall be valued at 50 shekels of silver. And if he sanctify his field from the year of Jubilee, according to thy estimation, it shall stand. But if he sanctify his field after the Jubilee, then the priest shall reckon unto him the money according to the years that remain, even unto the year of the Jubilee, and it shall be abated from thy estimation. And if he that sanctified the field will in any wise redeem it, then he shall add the fifth part of the money of thy estimation unto it, and it shall be assured to him. And if he will not redeem the field, or if he hath sold the field to another man, it shall not be redeemed any more. But the field, when it goeth out in the jubilee, shall be holy unto Yahweh, as a field devoted. The possession thereof shall be the priests. And if a man sanctify unto Yahweh a field which he hath bought, which is not of the fields of his possession, then the priest shall reckon unto him the worth of thy estimation, even unto the year of the jubilee. And he shall give thine estimation in that day as a holy thing unto Yahweh. In the year of the jubilee, the field shall return unto him of whom it was bought, even to him to whom the possession of the land did belong. Okay. Well, so we can see that the year of jubilee still still stands, and everything uh, shall be redeemed at the year of jubilee to the original owner. Okay. So I would say since uh, this planet was uh, given to us in uh, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, right? We, we are to uh, be the stewards of this planet. Uh, so at the, the last Jubilee, which I think is coming up very, very soon, uh, that's that second coming, then every, everything will be restored in a kind of jubilee at the judgment day. Uh, that's, uh, that seems to be, you know, the strength of the jubilee here as, uh, given in Leviticus 27. Uh, please continue. Verse 25. <clears throat> and all thy estimation shall be according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Twenty geras shall be the shekel. Only the firstling of the beast, which should be Yahweh's firstling. No man shall sanctify it. Whether it be ox or sheep, it is Yahweh's. And if it be of an unclean beast, then he shall redeem it according to thine estimation and shall add a fifth part of it thereto. Or if it be not redeemed, then it shall be sold according to thy estimation. Okay, so an unclean beast would be like a horse or a donkey, which would have, uh, you know, great value as a, uh, you know, an animal for pulling an ox cart or whatever. And, uh, but, uh, it uh, can't be eaten, so it can't be offered as a, a clean beast can, but, uh, it, but it does have value, and so it can be redeemed. All right. All right. Uh, verse 28. Notwithstanding, no devoted thing that a man shall devote unto Yahweh of all that he has, both of man and beast, and of the field of his possession, shall be sold or redeemed. Okay, so if you devote if you're devoted to Yahweh, once you have done that, uh, you can't sell it to anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's now it's Yahweh's. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, unless uh, at Jubilee it returns to you know uh, to your uh, discretion, proprietary discretion. Okay, uh, back to you. Verse twenty 
it's probably been a long time since we've practiced. Oh Jubilee. man, yeah, thousands <laughs> of years. <laughs> yeah, really, yes. <clears throat> every dev- continuing verse twenty-eight. Every devoted thing is most holy unto Yahweh. Verse twenty-nine. None devoted which shall be devoted of men shall be redeemed, but shall surely be put Ooh. to death. Oh wow! You better, you better. If you devote something to Yahweh, you better not go back on your word. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is Yahweh's. It is holy unto Yahweh. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passes under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto Yahweh. He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which Yahweh commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. And of course, it shall be Yahweh's, which means it will go to the priesthood, okay, for the for using in the sanctuary. So uh, again, these rituals, you can see now how much of the life of the priesthood was composed of dealing with all of these rituals, these uh, votive offerings, uh, etc., etc. I mean, it must have been uh, a real grind <laughs> for the priests to keep up with all of this stuff, with mm-hmm. all these rules and regulations. And so, uh, but then they had volunteer helpers, right? The, the 24 courses to help them keep track of all these things and, you know, keep the, uh, keep the temple clean, you know, mop the floors, right? Pick up the garbage and clean the blood off, you know, off the altars and that sort of thing. So you can see that this uh, temple routine was a major deal for the Israelites. So, uh, and the only, and of course, all that's been done away with. Because uh, now there is no physical temple that we have to honor anymore. We are the temple, and so we keep ourselves clean. And so I, I would say the lesson from this chapter is for us is if we devote, if we make a vow unto Yahweh that I will never do such and such again, then you had better keep that vow. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, it will come back to haunt you. So... And as uh, Yahshua says in the New Testament, uh, better either say yay or yay or nay. Don't make any vow. Don't make any promises you can't keep, because Yahweh hears those promises, and when He hears it, you better you better keep it. Otherwise, there will be some compensation of of a negative kind if you don't. Okay. All right. So uh, now let's go into Numbers. All right, Numbers mm-hmm. chapter one. And Yahweh spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tabernacle of the congregation, on the first day of the second month, in the second year after they were come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take ye the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel, after their families, by the house of their fathers, with the number of their names, every male by their poles, from twenty years old and upward, all that are able to go forth to war in Israel. Thou and Aaron shall number them by their armies. And with you there shall be a man of every tribe, every one head of the house of his fathers. And these are the names of the men that shall stand with you, of the tribe of Reuben, 
Elazar, the son of Shedor, of Simeon, Shelemiel, the son of Zurishadi, of Judah, Nashon, the son of Amminadab, of Issachar, Nethaniel, the son of Zuar, of Zebulun, Elib, the son of Halon, of the children of, of Joseph, of Ephraim, Elishama, the son of Amuhud, of Manasseh, Gamaliel, Gamaliel, the son of Pedazer, of Benjamin Abedan, the son of Gideone, of Dan Ahizer, the son of Meshadi, of Asher Pagiel, the son of Okran, of Gad Eliasaph, the son of Duel, of Naphtali Ahira, the son of Enan. These were the renown of the congregation princes of the tribes of their fathers, heads of thousands in Israel. Okay, battalions, battalions of uh, warriors, right? Is that uh, the subject here, warriors? Yep, that's what we're yeah. talking about, all those right. able to fight 20 okay. years of age and older. Okay. Uh, verse 17, and Moses took, and Moses and Aaron took these men, which are expressed by their names. And they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month, and they declared their pedigrees after their families by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from 20 years old and upward by their poles. As Yahweh commanded Moses, so he numbered them in the wilderness of Sinai. And the children of Reuben, Israel's eldest son, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, by their poles, every male from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war. Those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Reuben, were 40 and 6,500. So they all had to show their pedigree, uh, their ancestry, uh, to the priests, to Moses, before they could even be considered to be a, a soldier of Yahweh. So, again, Which, it yeah, shows how important these uh, genealogies are to the Israelites. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. Verse 22, of the children of Simeon, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, those that were numbered of them, according to the number of the names, by their poles, every male from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war. Those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Simeon, were fifty and nine thousand and three hundred. Of the children of Gad, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war. Those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Gad, were forty and five thousand six hundred and fifty. Of the children of Judah, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Judah, were threescore and 14,600. Of the children of Issachar, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Issachar, were fifty and four thousand and four hundred. Of the children of Zebulun, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, 
from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war. Those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Zebulun, were 50 and 7,400. Of the children of Joseph, namely of the children of Ephraim, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Ephraim, were 40,500. Of the children of Manasseh, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Manasseh, were 30 and 2,200. Of the children of Benjamin, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Benjamin, were 30 and 5,400. Of the children of Dan, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Dan, were threescore and two thousand and seven hundred. Of the children of Asher, by their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war, those even of the tribe of Asher were forty and one thousand and five hundred. Of the children of Naphtali throughout their generations, after their families, by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names, from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war. Those that were numbered of them, even of the tribe of Naphtali, were 50,400. Those, these are those that were numbered, which Moses and Aaron numbered, and the princes of Israel, being 12 men, each one was for the house of his fathers. So were all those that were numbered of the children of Israel by the house of their fathers from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth to war in Israel. Even all that were numbered were 600,000 and 3,550. 3, I was going to say we're, we're, we're uh, like uh, half a million. <laughs> so it says it gives a total here. Okay, very good. Yeah, that's a lot of right. A lot of fighting power. Can you imagine uh, cooking lunch for, for all oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, but fortunately that was done primarily in, in their homes, right? Because this was, ladies and gentlemen, a militia. Mm-hmm. A militia, not a standing army. So uh, basically they did their training at home amongst themselves in their towns and villages, right? And then probably at the Feast of Tabernacles, the three feasts that they were uh, ordered to assemble, uh, Passover uh, in the spring and Tabernacles in the fall, uh, they probably engaged in a lot of this, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, you know, training, military training as well. I'm not sure if the Bible talks about any training like that occurring during during those feasts, okay? But now, uh, and of course, the Levites are exempted because they're the priests, Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, verse 47. But the Levites, after the tribe of their fathers, were not numbered among them. For Yahweh had spoken unto Moses, saying, Only thou shalt number the tribe of Levi, neither take the sum of them among the children of Israel. 
But thou shalt appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of testimony and over all the vessels thereof and over all things that belong to it. They shall bear the tabernacle and all the vessels thereof, and they shall minister unto it and shall encamp round about the tabernacle. And when the tabernacle setteth forward, the Levites shall take it down. And when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levites shall set it up. And the stranger that cometh nigh unto, that cometh nigh shall be put to death. Ooh, really? <laughs> and that's Zur. That stranger mm-hmm. is a Zur, not, not a Ger. Okay, back to you. So that means someone who is not an Israelite. That's right. Yeah, a not, person. Right. Or could, yeah, certainly. Could be a non-white. Uh, could be uh, uh could be a white person of a you know alien tribe that, that is white, okay, but not an Israelite for sure, okay, because mm-hmm. only is Israelites uh, were covenanted by Yahweh, and you know there were, I, I think there's rules of uh, you know for merchants traveling in and out of Jerusalem and in and out of Israelite territory uh, for uh, you know, related tribes, you know, white tribes that are not Israelites. I'm sure they were all supposed to be treated kindly. But uh, nevertheless, if a zoer comes around and tries to uh, do commerce uh, in this fashion here, he's to be put to death. Okay, so they're not to enter the tabernacle area. Put, put it that way. Back to you. Verse fifty-two, and the children of Israel shall pitch their tents, every man by his own camp, and every man by his own standard, throughout their hosts. But the Levites shall pitch round about the tabernacle of testimony, that there be no wrath upon the congregation of the children of Israel. And the Levites shall keep the charge of the tabernacle of testimony. And the children of Israel did according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses. So did they. That's the end of chapter one. Okay. Chapter two is going into arrangement of the camp. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the ensign of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. And on the east side toward the rising of the sun shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nashon, the son of Amminadab, shall be the captain of the children of Judah. And his host and those that were numbered of them were threescore and fourteen thousand and six hundred. And those that do pitch next to him, next unto him, shall be the tribe of Issachar. And Nethaniel, the son of Zuar, shall be captain of the children of And his host and those that were numbered thereof were fifty and four thousand and four hundred. Then the tribe of Zebulun and Eliab, the son of Helon, shall be captain of the children of Zebulun. And his host and those that were numbered thereof were fifty and seven thousand and four hundred. All that were numbered in the camp of Judah were an hundred thousand and four score thousand and six hundred thousand and six thousand and four hundred throughout their armies. These shall first set forth. Wow. On the south. Six hundred thousand. Yeah, sorry. That, that's, ahead, that, that's, a, that's a lot of Judahites. <laughs> so you can see. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, how late is this? Uh, are they still wandering in the desert? Apparently here. Okay. Which means, uh, yeah, well, they came out of uh, Egypt uh, numbering two million. So uh, 
uh, from this, it, it looks like they're up to about you know seven or eight million by now, counting the women and children. Okay, mm-hmm. they're just counting the, the soldiers here. Yeah, these are just the fighting men. Yeah, twenty to sixty. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, verse ten. On the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben according to their armies, and the captain of the children of Reuben shall be Eleazar the son of Shedeur, and his host and those that were numbered thereof were forty and six thousand and five hundred. And those which pitched by him shall be the tribe of Simeon. And the captain of the children of Simeon shall be Shalumiel, the son of Zurishadi. And his host and those that were numbered of them were fifty and nine thousand and three hundred. Then the tribe of Gad and the captain of the sons of Gad shall be Eliasaph, the son of Ruel. And his host and those that were numbered of them or forty and five thousand and six hundred and fifty. All that were numbered in the camp of Reuben were a hundred thousand and fifty and one thousand and four hundred and fifty. By the way, the name Ruel means friend of God. It's a nice name, Ruel. Throughout their armies, um, and they shall set forth in the second rank. Then the tabernacle of the congregation shall set forward with the camp of the Levites in the midst of the camp. As they encamp, so shall they set forward, every man in his place by their standards. On the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim, according to their armies. And the captain of the sons of Ephraim shall be Elishama, the son of Amahud, And his host and those that were numbered of them were 40,500. And by him shall be the tribe of Manasseh, and the captain of the children of of Manasseh shall be Gamaliel, the son of Pedahazer. And his host and those that were numbered of them were thirty and two thousand and two hundred. Then the tribe of Benjamin, and the captain of the sons of Benjamin shall be Abadan, the son of Gideoni. And his host and those that were numbered of them were thirty and five thousand and four hundred. All that were numbered of the camp of Ephraim were a hundred thousand and a hundred thousand and eight thousand and a hundred throughout their armies. And they shall go forward in the third rank. The standard of the camp of Dan shall be on the north side by their armies. And the captain of the children of Dan shall be Ahazir, the son of Amishadi, and his hosts, and those that were numbered of them, were threescore and two thousand and seven hundred. And those that encamp by him shall be the tribe of Asher. And the captain of the children of Asher shall be Pagiel, the son of Okran. And his host, and those that were numbered of them, were forty and one thousand and five hundred. Then the tribe of Naphtali. And the captain of the children of Naphtali shall be Ahira, the son of Enon. And his host and those that were numbered of them were fifty and three thousand and four hundred. All they that were numbered in the camp of Dan were an hundred thousand and fifty and seven thousand and six hundred. They shall go high most with their standards. Those are the camp. Those are those which were numbered of the children of Israel by the house of their fathers. All those that were numbered of the camps throughout their hosts were 600,000 and 3,550. But the Levites were not numbered among the children of Israel, 
as Yahweh commanded Moses. And the children of Israel did according to all that Yahweh commanded Moses. So they pitched their standards, and so they set forward everyone after their families according to the house of their fathers. Okay, so let's say there's about 3 million Israelites at this point, okay? The city of Chicago has 3 million people. (laughs) This is a country. This is a nation Mm -hmm. uh, dwelling in tents. It's amazing, folks. Uh, it's, uh, well, uh, Yahweh wants more Israelites, so we'll give them more, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's it's hard to picture this many people wandering through the desert. Uh, so it can't have been a, a real desert because they would have required lots and lots and lots of food and fresh water, right? And plus, uh, if you uh, observe the cleanliness uh, laws that the Israelites are supposed to uh, obey, then you had to have plenty of clean water, soap. I mean, wow. I mean, this is a city on foot. That's mm-hmm. what this is. A, a huge city. A city of three million people on foot. It's, it's, it's hard to comprehend. This many, yeah, uh, people, you know, being, working together in unison as a, a full-fledged city, a country, literally a country on foot. All right. Numbers, uh, chapter three. All right, uh, chapter 3. These are also the generations of Aaron and Moses in the day that Yahweh spake with Moses in Mount Sinai. And these are the names of the sons of Aaron. Nadab, the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the priests which were anointed, whom he consecrated to minister in the priest's office. And Nadab and Abihu died before Yahweh when they offered strange fire before Yahweh in the wilderness of Sinai, and they had no children. And Eleazar and Ithamar ministered in the priest's office in the sight of Aaron, their father. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Bring the tribe of Levi near and present them before Aaron the priest, that they may minister unto him. And they shall keep his charge and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation to do the service of the tabernacle. And they shall keep all the instruments of the tabernacle of the congregation and the charge of the children of Israel to do the service of the tabernacle. And thou shalt give the Levites unto Aaron and to his sons. They are wholly given unto him out of the children of Israel. And thou shalt appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall wait on their priest's office. And the stranger that cometh near shall be put to death. Okay, hold on. Let me see. Uh, again, that's Zur. The Zur that cometh nigh shall be put to death. All right. Certainly, uh, certainly non, non-whites will be put to death. Now, whether that um, applies to Adamites as well, uh, somebody would have to do a really close study of this to see if non if uh, non Israelite Adamites would also you know, not be qualified and should stay away. That, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know if we can answer that uh, given you know the uh, the word studies uh, that would be required to really figure this out. Okay, back to you. Well, there can be no doubt that we're not supposed to be living among other races. That's right. From, that's right. That that is un, undoubtable there. Yeah. Amen. Verse 11, And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, And I, behold, I have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel, 
instead of all the firstborn that openeth the matrix among the children of Israel. Therefore, the Levites shall be mine, because all the firstborn are mine. For on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I hallowed unto me all the firstborn in Israel, both man and beast. Mine shall they be. I am Yahweh. Okay. They're, de they're devoted. They're dedicated, consecrated to Yahweh, the firstborn of every Israelite and every beast. Amazing. And Yahweh spoke, spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Number the children of Levi after the house of their fathers. By their families, every male from a month old and upward shall thou number them. And Moses numbered them according to the word of Yahweh as he was commanded. And these were the sons of Levi by their names, Gershon and Kohath and Merari. And these are the names of the sons of Gershon by their families, Libni and Shimei. And the sons of Kohath by their families, Amram and Izahar, Hebron and Uziel. And the sons of Merari by their families, Mali and Mushi. These are the families of the Levites according to the house of their fathers. But they will not be numbered. <laughs> so we have no idea how many of them there are. They're scattered mm -hmm. among the other tribes. Of Gershon was the family of the Libnites and the family of the Shamites. These are the families of the Gershonites. Those that were numbered of them according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward, even those that were numbered of them were 7,500. The families of the Gershonites shall pitch behind the tabernacle westward. And the chief of the house of the father of the Gershonites shall be Eliasaph, the son of Lael. And the charge of the sons of Gershon in the tabernacle of the congregation shall be the tabernacle and the tent, the covering thereof, and the hanging for the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the hangings of the court and the curtain for the door of the court, which is by the tabernacle, and by the altar round about, and the cords of it for all the service thereof. And of Kohath was the family of the Amramites, and the family of the Izaharites, and the family of the Hebronites, and the family of the Uzielites. These are the families of the Kohathites. In the number of all the males from a month old and upward were 8,600, keeping the charge of the sanctuary. The families of the sons of Kohath shall pitch on the side of the tabernacle southward. And the chief of the house of the father of the families of the Kohites shall be Elizaphan, the son of Uziel. And their charge shall be the ark and the table and the candlestick and the altars and the vessels of the sanctuary wherewith they minister and the hanging and all the service thereof. And I'm showing we have one minute left. Yeah. I'm going to close it out here. Well, yeah, I think uh, we'll pick this up uh, and finish uh, Numbers uh, chapter 3 next week. Uh, but uh, I'm... Uh, I'm very grateful. I think I figured out uh, how to correct this uh, problem that the uh, the uh, streamer has occasionally, and uh, so we don't have to power down again. So, well, sorry for the interruption in the in the show this morning, folks. But thanks for listening. And uh, so far, numbers is pretty tedious. <laughs> so was yeah, Leviticus. Uh, pretty tedious stuff. But. We're bound to determine to do it, okay? Read every single word of the Bible from beginning to end before the judgment day. Right, Dan? That's it. 
Absolutely. But if, if the Judgment Day comes sooner, sooner no problem. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. We will see you later today on Restoration Hour. Yahweh bless. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.